We're back. Aren't you excited? I mean, I've been waiting two months. Let's give thanks to God uh, for uh, having us back like we're here. Now, we're not all here. Some of you are still on the stream, and that's fine. We're glad you're on the stream. Come back when you feel safe. We'll be safely here with you. But until that comes, I'm just so glad to see people and faces. And uh, I thought we would begin this morning by actually being able to uh, give a prayer of thanks to God for allowing us to be back together. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into the teaching. God, we uh, thank you so much for allowing us to uh, be back together. For the last two months, God, we've uh, done the live stream. We're so thankful for it and grateful for it. But God, there's something about us coming back together um, and listening to music and singing together. Uh, and so we're so grateful that we get to be back in church again. Uh, we do not take it, God, for granted because we are so grateful to be with one another. And now, God, uh, as I've been praying this whole week, I ask God that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move in people's lives for everybody who's in this auditorium, would you speak to them? For everyone who's on this stream, God, would you speak to their heart now? And would we be changed? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there are two types of people. People who can sing and people who can't sing. You might be sitting by one of those people right now, okay? Or there's a third type of person, and that's what I call my Grandma Bunch. Uh, Grandma Bunch could not sing a lick. Uh, people purposely tried not to sit by her because she was so horrible to listen to in church. I mean, people would, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. They would literally get away from her. And her favorite hymn was called Count Your Blessings. And one of the lines of this hymn went like this. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now you look at that and you're like, oh, that sounds great. But this is how she would sing it. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now she thought she was a blessing but nobody was blessed around her. We were counting the seconds for that hymn to be done because she sang it to the top of her voice. Now, that word blessing is kind of an interesting word. It's a word that's actually found throughout all of Scripture. And it begins in the very first chapter in Genesis chapter 1. God creates everything that we see, and at the end of it, he actually says, everything is blessed. It, it's all good. And everything's going great on earth until we get to two chapters later in chapter 3, and everything goes awry. Everything becomes splintered and fractured and Brothers are killing brothers and human beings are making horrible choices and there's violence and there's pain. And that's what we see all the way through Genesis 11. And human beings actually give up on the one true God. They say, I'm not going to believe 
in him anymore. And so they actually go and they build idols, idols out of rock, idols out of wood, and they worship them. And at this point, you think, here's the God of all creation, and I bet he's done blessing people. He doesn't want to do that anymore because no one is honoring him. But he doesn't do that. God is always about blessing his people. And in chapter 12, he shifts the entire plan of redemption to be able to tell to the entire world, my blessing will never leave you again. I'm going to bless everyone always. And he chooses the guy by the name of Abram. And he says this in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, in looking at this passage of Scripture, my question is, what is the key word for God's plan going forward? What is it? Bless, right? Five times. You haven't been in church, people. Say it out loud. What's the word? Bless, Bless. yeah. Five times he says this. God looks at Abram and says, Abram, I see you. And I want to make you great. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to bless your life so that then you can be a blessing to others. You can bless everyone always. You know, the the problem with this word bless is that sometimes people in the church simply take that word and equate it to finances. What they'll do is they'll they'll always say that somehow if they get more finance, it's because they've been more blessed by God. And so they'll say things like this. Well, I went to church and I prayed and I read my Bible and God blessed me. Hallelujah. With a five hundred dollar check. And that's the only way that they see blessings is through finances. Now, that is one way that God blesses your life, but it's not the only way. God's blessing is not limited just to finances, but he wants to bless your lives in many different ways. And today I want to talk about three ways that God blesses each of us. He blesses us materially and relationally and spiritually. First of all, let's go ahead and this is your first fill in. If you want to write it in or type it in your um, phone, you can, is that God blesses us with material blessings. In other words, things that are physical, things that are tangible. Uh, for example, the apartment that you live in or maybe the house that you live in, it's a gift from God. And the kitchen that you walk into and the family room that you're in and all the stuff that's there, the, the bathrooms, the, the closets that are filled with clothes, all of those are blessings from his hand. And God gives this material blessing to you, and he gives it to you very, very freely. You know, uh, many of us, this is what we think of, though, when we walk into our blessing, which is our house or our apartment. We walk in and we go, 
Boy, I wish I had kitchen cabinets like my neighbor. Mine stink. They just absolutely stink. Or why do I have all of this carpet in my house? It just like keeps on getting, you know, dirty and nasty. I wish I had wood floors. Like that's what I wish. I wish I had some wood floors. Or we go to our closet and we look at all of these clothes. I've seen this before. People will look at all of their clothes and they'll go, I've got absolutely nothing to wear. I got nothing to wear. And many times we're so tempted to wish we had other stuff than the stuff that we already have. And we don't spend very much time counting our blessings, even though God has freely given all of those to us. When my wife Jennifer and I uh, first got married, we lived in a 500 square foot apartment. I mean, it was tiny. We lived above Mrs. Rumler, and Mrs. Rumler, she called her apartment the attic, because that's what it was. It was an attic, and when you walked in, sometimes, you know, you had to dunk your head down, or you'd get hit, and we lived in this place, and in this house, there was only one door, and it it was open concept before open concept ever became popular. And I'll never forget, we walked into the very first room, and there was this big stain right in the middle of the room in the carpet. And so we asked Mrs. Rumler, well, what happened? She said, well, a guy took his transmission, took it up to the front room, put it there, and he fixed it. And then when we looked at our apartment agreement, it said no fixing uh, transmissions or other automotive parts in the house. That's the kind of house we were living in. And so we looked at that. And then, you know, the kitchen was greasy. And right next to the kitchen was the bathroom. And the bathroom, only one person could get in the bathroom at a time. So you kind of had a stove that, let's say, was here. Then you walked into the bathroom. That was the only door in the whole place for the bathroom. And there was a sink here. There was a toilet behind you. And then there was a bathtub. And it was a very, very tight squeeze. And I remember when I would be in this apartment, I would just be like, oh, God, I can't wait to get out of this apartment and we can have our own house. And one day I was complaining to a friend of mine, telling him how much I just hated, just literally hated this apartment. And I couldn't wait till we got a house. And I'll never forget what he said. He said these words, don't jump to another season too quickly. Learn to enjoy the season that you're in. Because that season is a gift from God. Do you ever have a hard time not being thankful and grateful for the season that you're in? There's many times I look at the season that I'm in in my own life and I think to myself that, you know what, I just can't wait till the next season. And I just wonder that, especially in the midst of COVID, if many of us have kind of been there. We're not out of the pandemic yet. We're still kind of getting closer, but with vaccines and some other things, we're hoping that it will happen. But have you been appreciative for anything in the season that you're in? I mean, one way to do that is just kind of look back on all of 2020. Did you receive any material blessing? Anything that was big, anything that was small, did you receive it? Did you give thanks for it? Or were you the entire time always thinking about what's the next season? 
maybe God is kind of telling some of you today, as you begin this new year, be thankful for the season that you're in. Be grateful for where you're at. It's a gift given to you. So God gives us material blessings. Secondly, he gives us relational blessings, relational blessings. You know, I am who I am because of the people around me. My wonderful wife, my two great kids, uh, my family, my extended family, my church family. I love you guys. I'm so glad you're here. Everybody on the stream, uh, regardless of where you're at, if you're in Yorktown, wake up. Okay. Uh, but uh, wherever you're at, for us to actually like enjoy being with one another is a relational blessing. And the people around you are that way. I think about some of my best friends, people who have my back, who's always there for me, who building me up. They're all a blessing. Now, I realize that for some of you, you may be like, you know what? My family's not my blessing. The reality is you came from a very abusive family or maybe a dysfunctional family. And the truth is you look at your family and you're like, yeah, that's not a relational blessing to me. But I have a feeling there's somebody in your life that is. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a grandparent or a brother or a sister. But whoever it is, you have relational blessings given to you by God. For example, uh, if you have kids, if you have kids, Scripture says that they are a blessing. Now, if you have a teenager right now, that may not be your blessing. So you need to call them this, your strangle blessing. You know, like you want to strangle them, but you choose not to. But they're still a blessing. So when you're around your teenager, they're driving you crazy. Just say, oh, he's my strangle blessing. You know, she's my strangle blessing. Um, but we have relationships that are blessings to us. Folks, each of you, if you have a healthy, loving relationship, you are blessed by God. But God is kind of like, I don't just want to bless you materially. I don't just want to bless you uh, relationally. I actually want to bless you spiritually as well. I want to give you something that's in your spirit. Now, the truth is, folks, God wants to awaken you. He wants to awaken your soul with his grace. If you will spend time with him, God says, spiritually, I want to bless your life so that you would know that you are not alone. And his grace is simply a gift. It's a gift that says there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. That God simply wants to bless your life. He's like, I don't want you to walk through your life always caught up in your shame and your brokenness. He's like, I don't want to have you walking through your life always defining yourself from your past rather than realizing that you're my child and that I have a blessing for you, a spiritual blessing, a blessing of grace, something to set you free. You know, one of the greatest spiritual blessings that we have is this book. It's a huge gift to us. And the question is, how much time do you spend reading it? 
How much time do you spend meditating on it? How much time do you spend opening it up, reading the words and praying through that? Now, if uh, the whole church thing is new to you, you're like, I don't even know about reading the Bible. We have Bible reading plans that you can get uh, at Guest Connections or you can go on our app. If you're online, if you're on the stream, you can actually uh, look on our app and we have Bible reading plans there. But I've been thinking lately, what would God do if all the Christians, not the non-Christians, but just the Christians, spend as much time reading this book and meditating on it as they do on social media? Like, what would God do? How would he spiritually bless us if we spent more time getting the stuff that's in here in here? Rather than allowing the things that are on Facebook or uh, Twitter or something else in our minds. What kind of blessings would God give? And so I was really challenged at the beginning of the year that I made a commitment that I would not spend any more time on social media than what I spend reading the Bible, or in prayer. And usually each day, it's about 45 minutes uh, to an hour that I do. So I would not do that. Another thing, when 2020 was around, one of the things I found was when I would go to bed, I would pull out this device, and I would flip through all the news and social media uh, as the last thing I did before I went to bed. And then when I would finally put it down, I found out that I was having trouble sleeping. So one of the things that I did when the first of the year started was that when I take this device out before I go to bed, I only click on one thing, which is the Version Bible app. And I click it once and I find out the scripture of the day and I read on it and I meditate on it. And then guess what? I'm sleeping a whole lot better. Like the last thing in my brain before I go to bed is just a word or a phrase or a thought that's in my mind. But folks, my question is, what voice is the loudest in your life? Is God's word the loudest voice that you hear? Or is it the voice of other people? Or is it even your own voice? Because this is what I found, that his spiritual blessings tend to flow more in my life when I'm spending more time in his word. So God wants to give us material blessings, relational blessings, spiritual blessings. Why? Because the whole word bless is a unique word. It means this. It says this. The word bless means to will and work for the good of who? Another. God's blessing isn't for us to just keep to ourselves. It's actually to give to another. Think about that. Just as God gave Abram a blessing so that he would bless others, that's why God blesses your life, so that you can be a blessing materially, relationally, spiritually to other people. Simply put, and this is kind of our big thought today, it's this. God wants to bless you so that you can bless other people. 
That's the whole reason why he blesses your life. He blesses you so that you then can be a blessing to others. So my question is, how are you taking the material, relational, spiritual blessings in your life and giving them away to others? There's a woman in our church uh, who lives on a disability check. That's the only kind of income that she has. And I never really understood this until uh, one day she was saying that she was struggling, she needed some help, and we helped her with a bed. And then she said, I want you to know, though, that I tithe to the church even though I don't have a lot. Now, if you're not used to what a tithe is, a tithe is 10% of your income right off the top. So she lives strictly on disability, and she ties. She gives 10% of what she has. And I used to always think, like, if, if you're that, you know, poor, if you're that struggling, why would you give it all? And I, so I asked her one day, I said, well, well, why do you do that? And she says, well, I've been blessed to be a blessing to others. And I've never been so convicted in my life about what it means to give yourself away materially to other people. When this woman who is living on disability, off of the top, 10%, she gives to Christ in this church. Because God blesses us to bless others. And my question is, some of you have been blessed so much in 2020. Some of you haven't been. But the question is, are you willing to be a blessing to others? Think about what would happen if you had that mentality like this woman on disability that you blessed others because God had blessed you. What kind of material blessing could you give to help others? Because God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. One of the most uh, beautiful things to watch is when a person actually leverages their relational blessings for somebody else. On New Year's Eve, we had a guy in our church whose house burnt down. He lost everything that was inside the house. But his small group, and that's why you need to be a part of a small group, and if you're not, you should sign up for one today. Just say, yep, I'm going to get in one. But his small group realized how much that they had been cared for, that they said, we're going to care for him. Now, the truth is, if you think about it, think about what you were doing on New Year's Eve night or New Year's Day. Most of us stayed up late. We hung out with friends and we slept in. But this small group of people, once they heard that he had lost his house, they left everything and they went to him and they took him money. They took him clothes. He didn't have anything. They, they took him food and they prayed with him and they cried with him. And then after that, they actually organized a meal train so that he would be taken care of going forward. Uh, some of them said, come stay with me in my home for a while. 
And for the past few weeks, they've just felt this call that God has relationally blessed us. We're going to bless him. And that's why small groups are so important. So that as you're going through this life, you're not going through it by yourself. And they realized that this relational blessing of a small group was something that they could leverage as they all came together to care for him. Now, the truth is, sometimes when we get something like that on our phone, we ignore the text. We walk away from whatever it is. But see, when you have relational blessings in your life, when you get that moment, you have to find a way that you're going to care for another person because of what God has blessed you with. You extend your relational blessings. When COVID uh, first hit, my daughter, Jordan... Uh, was battling big time with anxiety. And she's 13, and she was kind of overwhelmed, just like many other uh, kids have during this time. But during the pandemic, one of the things that she committed to was that she said, I'm actually, Dad, to help with my anxiousness with school and everything, I want to take the Bible and I want to read the New Testament in a year. Now, some of you might be like, well, yeah, you're dad, you're, you're the, you know, pastor, so your kids probably feel like this, you know, uh, fear that they need to be reading the Bible. We don't, we don't play that at the bunch household. And we encourage it, but at the end of the day, it's their choice. And Jordan said, nope, I really want to do this. And she took that and she started feeling stronger and not as anxious and overwhelmed and Rather than hoarding that spiritual blessing to herself and storing it away, she actually used it. And one of the things that has been really cool over the past year is that she said, God has given me this spiritual blessing. I want to give it away to some of my friends. And she has four friends now that come to you, to our student ministry impact. And she keeps inviting more people. We're going to have to like... Buy a bigger vehicle, I think, because we can't fit them all into our car anymore. And she has another new friend that she's reaching out to uh, come actually tonight. And she has another one that she's been thinking about. And Jordan just learned that when spiritual blessings come to her, that she wants to be able to bless other people to give it away. You see, Jordan didn't just take the words of the Bible that she was learning and hold it, hoard it for herself and to keep it for herself and to hold it to herself. But she wanted to use it to bless other people. So let me ask you this morning, the blessing that God has given to you. Do you have a tendency to be a hoarder and to keep this stuff stored up for yourself? Or do you have a tendency to want to give it away? How can you be the type of person that can bless everyone always? Well, to get real practical, I want to give you just a a few things that you could do. If you want to bless everyone always, the first thing you could do is take a blessing inventory. Now, I never ask you guys to do anything that I wouldn't do. So at the beginning of the year, one of the things I did was I decided I would just regularly write down all the blessings that are in my life. My material blessings, my relational blessings, my spiritual blessings. 
And if you're the type of person who tends to compare yourself to somebody else, or you tend to complain about what you don't have, or you're not good enough, or what you have isn't good enough, or what you have is broken, or there isn't enough money in my bank account that I want it to be, you can turn all of that around when you actually start writing down everything that you're grateful for. And you give thanks to God. And for some of you this week, I would strongly encourage you, pull away some time and just start writing down every blessing you can think of. Small ones, big ones. It changes your attitude. The second thing is, is to leverage whatever blessing you have materially, spiritually, relationally to be a blessing to somebody else this week. Now, for some of you, uh, you could choose today. God has blessed you in many ways. You could just choose to say, you know what, we're going to start tithing. I mean, if there's a lady on disability in the church who's giving, I want to do what I can to be able to do that as well. Now, maybe some of you are like, I want to start doing uh, some kind of giving to work up to a tithe, whatever percentage you're at, then you could increase it by 1% each year. We've had dozens and dozens of people who've done that, and they're like, you know, I didn't realize that God would bless me more as I, I did that. Now, for some of you, you're like, I want to do that, but Chris, we're struggling. 2020's been a hard year. It's been a very, very difficult year. I, I just don't know if I can do that. And so that's why we have something like Financial Peace University. I mean, did you hear Jessica's story? In three years, she overcame $27,000 worth of debt because she took this class and it changed her life. And we've had over a 100 people take the class and their life is changed because they can do that. And now all of a sudden, they're working their way out of debt and they're able to be a blessing because of what God has blessed them with. Now, maybe the truth is for some of you financially, you're like, hey, we're already tithing. We're giving to the church. We're that. But the truth is you have so much stuff in your house that is just sitting there or is in storage. Uh, Beginning of the year, I was getting ready to put up some clothes uh, on my clothes rack and I put the clothes up and the whole bar goes, Crash. And at first of that, I was like, that's stupid. You know, like, what is up with that pole? Why wasn't that thing strong enough? And I'm getting ticked and mad. I'm like, I'm going to now fix this. And, and then all of a sudden, I felt this prompting in my spirit. Again, it wasn't audibly, but just in my spirit. And this is what I sensed. Get rid of some of your clothes. The reason that that fell down is because you have too many clothes in there. And so the next day, I took an hour. I went through all of my clothes. I gave some to the guy whose house had burnt down. I took the other two bags and gave them away to other people. And so just because you give to the church, there may be stuff within your material world that God wants you to leverage to be able to give away to other people. How about relational blessings? Can you leverage those for others? I was uh, really convicted during the pandemic. I had a lot more time, but I wasn't able to invest as much because of all of the different protocols. But about halfway through the year, I was like, you know, God, I, 
I want to do this. And the more I prayed, I felt like he was telling me, I want you to invest in someone younger than you. And so there's a teenager in our church and another person who's 20 years younger than me. And I'm choosing to meet with them regularly. And I just kind of encourage them in their faith. I'm giving them books to read. We read them together. And I'm trying to build them up. And you can do this. You can leverage your relationships for others. And then spiritually, maybe for some of you, your challenge would be that, you know what? He's right. I can't remember the last time I kind of looked in this book. I need to dust it off. But man, I'm spending so much time in social media. I just don't have enough time. And so maybe what your challenge would be for you is as you leverage your blessings that you would spend more time in God's Word. Folks, let me just say this. If you give blessings away to other people, people notice that you're not a hoarder. They notice that you're not a person who just stores things up. But you are a person who actually uses them to bless others. I think that's why God used Abram. He looked at him and he said, I have a feeling that if I bless this guy, he'll actually take this to bless other people and fulfill the dream that I have for the world. And that is to bless everyone always. And so just like we've done over the past few weeks. I want to close by us having a declaration. I'm so excited because now I'm not just talking to cameras. I'm actually talking to live people who have a heartbeat, who could change something this week, who could say something out loud to declare that I'm going to do this in action this week. So whether you're on the stream or you're here, what I really want you to do is just repeat after me our declaration to bless everyone always this week. So just repeat after me. This week, I will leverage my life to bless others as God has blessed me. And I will bless everyone always. Let's pray. Well, loving God, we thank you so much for the many blessings that you give to us. Blessings that are material, that are relational, that are spiritual, God. You just are the kind of God who continues to bless us. Help us, God, not to ignore those or to compare those or to try to wish we had something more. Help us not to take the blessings that you've given us and hoard them to ourselves. But help us, God, to freely give, to freely give to others. Give us the courage this week, God, if we're struggling with with just having an attitude that's positive to write down an inventory of all of, of our blessings, to take 10 or 15 minutes to just write down the blessings that we have in our lives. And as we do, God, would you do a work in us? so that we might bless others. Today I have a feeling that some of you have never accepted the greatest blessing that God has ever given the world, and that is Jesus Christ himself. 
maybe for some of you, you're sitting here today because someone invited you, the pandemic hit, you kind of walked away, then, you know, uh, Thanksgiving came, Christmas came, the new year came, you're like, man, I want something different in my life, and you're here today, and you're not here by coincidence, but God has brought you here because he wants to have a blessing in your life. And my suggestion would be, whether you're on the stream or you're here, don't go through another year without having the assurance of God's blessing in you. And you can do that today. Because there was a God who came and he said, I'll give you the greatest blessing, my own son who came and died on a cross so that your sins would be forgiven. And so today, if you're ready to accept him as Lord of your life, to go into the rest of your life with the greatest blessing you could ever have in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but that we pray in community together. And so let's all pray this uh, after me. Let's pray together in one voice. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.